in a time when customers demand more from their brand than just flashy marketing and cool ads. It is time to bring together customer experience leaders to show companies the new way, the customer experience way. CX Speaks brings together those leaders to help show you what can be done. Welcome to CX Speaks, hosted by one of your own, Michael McMahon. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of CX Speaks. This is Michael McMillan. We are here for another great episode of all things customer experience. Today I am joined with Mr. Jeff Eckler and we are here to have a great CX conversation to be able to share some information with you. Jeff, thanks so much for being on the show. Michael, my pleasure. Uh, Very timely. We can talk about why in a a moment, but I'm very excited to be here. Thank you. Yeah, definitely, Jeff. Well, if you don't mind, can you uh, share with the audience here real quick, just a little bit more information about yourself and some of your background? Sure. Um, That's a great place to start. So I thank you that. And I'll I'll use that as a segue. Um, I am the director of customer success solutions for MarketSource. I serve all of our customers, both internal and external, with customer success process, product and uh, practices and uh, everything soup to nuts that deals with customer success. So uh, the reason why I said it was timely was last week I had the pleasure of uh, delivering to both our executive management teams as well as our, our management teams the customer success by market source, go to market, and overall philosophy. So I started um, now just about 90 days ago mm-hmm. with market source. And uh, the beauty of what I get to do here and why I have a hard time sleeping at night in positive ways is that we're, uh, we've installed a think tank, customer success think tank, uh, while establishing at the, from that base a customer success startup inside of an enterprise company that serves Fortune 500s and has been doing so for over 45 years. And so the ability to bring customer success and uh, all of its benefits and value to uh, my organization and to our our organizations that we serve, and then of course, B2B2B, their customers has been uh, just uh, so wonderful and terribly exciting and and stuff that I've been really uh, talking about for a long time. And so doing that last week, uh, one of the things that, uh, one of the the themes that we kept coming back to and kept being uh, requested is the uh, Venn diagram where CX and CS come together. What are their differentiators? What are their responsibilities? And then what do they bring together? And so for you and I to have this opportunity to talk um, is is just, I'm very grateful for that. So thank you. Yeah, definitely, Jeff, definitely. And, and I mean, that's such a, a good segue. I mean, because, you know, I think a lot of companies, especially mature company, like with where you're at, right? I mean, that's usually a big struggle for most businesses is understanding uh, that, that clear differentiation between customer success and customer service. Um, so uh, I'd love to get your take on that. I mean, when you were uh, meeting with your board and when you're discussing that, I mean, what is your, when you look, step back and you look into our world of CX and you see the two, uh, where do you see those differentiations? Yeah, the, the, the place that I start is that the customer's experience is every single interaction that someone outside of your organization has with your brand. So that could be uh, the lapel on the fleece that I'm wearing right now, um, which is over 20 years old, but here at Ford, you can take <laughs> it off the shelf. So it's business objects before we were acquired by SAP. So that's fun. <laughs> nice. um, so, um, so it's every single interaction that any individual has with your brand. Um, when I speak uh, uh, market source uh, to my mother, 
or I wear this fleece uh, to the to the grocery store. Every individual that recognizes the brand or hears the brand, that's a customer experience. Um, we talk about the product experience and, and all that. That's all inclusive as well. But everything that touches an outside experience for someone outside of your organization is a customer experience. Mm -hmm. The customer success comes into when that individual who is, has a relationship with your organization, your company, your products, your, your, your people, and your products, then every time they need something, they, they want a trusted advisor. They want input. They need anything. They come to you. It's just a natural reaction. There's a trust. There's a loyalty built in that they know, even if it has nothing to do with your product, uh, they will still come to you because they want your opinion. They want your insight. They know that they have a safe place uh, with you uh, from, from, from the relationship. So that's where I think about customer success being, you know, it is the, the value, the results, the outcomes, but it's really to, to have that spot and that relationship and, and that partnership with your customers where they know where to come. You're they're in good hands with, with Jeff Heckler and customer success and, and the organizations that I serve. Um, and that's how I like to think. And as I've been, actually I've been told, so that's not my, my line. <laughs> No, it's, it's great. Um, no, it's a, it's a very, it's a really good intake on it. And I think, you know, Jeff, you really bring up a strong point there too, right? Which is, is building that bond between, um, you know, customer and brand, right? And I think that's something that, you know, we, we talk a lot about, especially amongst, you know, all of us in the CX world and, you know, and that bridge to get there is usually very interesting. Um, and, you know, it definitely place there's some, you know, very critical pieces that need to be done in there. Um, so when you think through that, I mean, where, from your take on it, where would you see the role of customer success in helping build that bridge, build that bond between, you know, customer and brand to make sure that, that it's done successfully? Well, I, I like to, to think that it happens in the initial engagements, um, whether you have a pre-sales motion and, and organization, which uh, positions the relationship for after the sales, uh, that being, of course, customer success, so that they have, uh, I know the, the, pre, the sales individuals I work with, I arm them um, both with content, material, talking points, uh, coaching, and, and myself, my teams, to empower them to not only position, but also to have the, the value discussions driven in, in those initial discussions. Like the, the differentiator between what we're offering is we're already thinking about you as a customer for life. We're already thinking about how you can share your story with customers like you uh, and people inside your organization that can benefit from the value you're deriving. And we're not talking about up and cross sales and anything. Else. We're just talking about the value. So when I, when I think about uh, that building that, that experience, that's from where it starts. Ah, that's good points. Good points. So, I mean, and, and as we all know, right, that's always the, you know, getting started early has always been the key bet differentiation, right? It's when you can start getting that customer implemented, you know, even in the pre-sales motion, right? And helping them understand true expectations. Um, you know, like I know from back in my sales days, I, I depended so much on, uh, in my old company, we called them NAMs, right? National Account Managers. And it was funny because they were, you know, they were the handoff point. They were from me in sales off to, you know, actually getting into the business. And I always used to jokingly tell them, I'm like, I'm like, listen, I know I can sit here and speak all day and then all she has to do is nod her head and then it becomes true. So she's here to nod her head. And then if she doesn't nod her head, you know what I just said was not true. So <laughs> that, was, that was a true litmus test of, of my pitch. 
Well, it, it also is, but it, it's beholden on people like myself, customer success yeah. professionals and leaders to empower that conversation to be driven. And right. most of it, hopefully not to come from me. So if, as we build relationships with our customers, the referential materials that we can get, the case studies, the quotes, the public marketing materials that set, that tells our story, that 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 goes much further than me. You know, this is what we're gonna do for you, there's a vision. Now, when I come in, it's gonna be, here are our processes. This is our proprietary methodology that will get you to the, your values and your wins. Like the nuts and the bolts that we create and we own because we have the thought leadership of, you know, many years doing this. And you know, um, we bring that in and we show that and we build that and all these all these things that we know that work, then that's part of it. Um, it's, you know, all that advisor um, advocacy that we have from our customer base. And then it's for organizations that are on the, the sales front line, how are we arming them? Like, are we giving them the content, the materials that they can have, the lack of a better term, the shelfware, so that they can do a plug and play? It's easy for them to do. Are we building uh, condensed um, informational slides at low on text, high on value that they can drop into presentations? Do we have strong sell sheets? Does our website mirror all these materials so that the story you know that we are providing and to go to market is all uh, mirrored and has all the same flow, all the same images, all the same text? Um, are we helping them to listen and, and turn on active listening for talk points when they're engaged with their customers? Like, oh, I can file this away. I heard something about they're, they're having a hard time holding on to their customers. They don't need to know if that's churn or retention, or, but just that motion. Um, and so are we providing awareness and education about customer success in-house that can then be used for, for, for my internal customers, which are our sales individuals, to position us correctly? And from there the average first order size will increase, the sales velocity will increase, the close ratios will increase, and the experience that the customers will get will have a lower friction point, lower friction points along the way in their customer journey. So I think of customer journey, not just in customer success and the post-sales motion, but I think about the customer journey, just like customer experience, everything that comes comes forward for that. So that, you know, it's all, all encompassing and all inclusive. That's uh, strong points, you know, and, you know, one, one thing I, uh, I think it's, you know, I think everyone's probably hearing right now is too, is that um, there's a strong piece on here, is, which is that, is that understanding of the sales motion that has to occur correctly before it actually comes down into, uh, you know, to CS option, right? And going through down into there. Where, you know, when you're thinking about your staff, right? Because on the call center world, right? From my side of the perspective, right? Is that, um, we usually have very distinct different groups. And then what we've usually found is that it's very hard to train a CS person to be in sales. And then usually I've said, you know, it's very hard to train a salesperson to be in CS. Um, and, and I agree with you because similar in my software world, right? I've always noticed that too. It was building that bridge with, you know, sale uh, customer success that had to have both. They had to have a customer service type of mindset, but understanding the world of sales enough to be able to engage with it and be involved with uh, in pieces of it. And I'd be curious just to get your take on it, Jeff. I mean, what was your, what's been some of your struggles that you've gone through as you've, you know, done your recruiting and done in, in ha handling your hiring and mentoring and training to be able to work through those pieces? So the, the combination of being business oriented with advisory roles to a, to a customer while also potentially being cust uh, commercial responsible. Exactly. Okay. So, so we can break this down into comp plans. Um, we can break this down into um, how you align your, your highest level, most visible corporate goals um, down to, to your team members. Um, so that's, that would be a second place. Uh, the third place, let's, let's just talk about the people. 
Um, so I'm wearing this, this, this business SAP fleece. One of the first people that I ever hired uh, was a trainer from Chick-fil-A in Georgia. And I'll spare her name um, so I won't embarrass her if she listens to this. Um, I hired her uh, into a software company from basically a, a fast food place, right? Uh, fast casual, don't want to offend. Um, but uh, she, she asked me during the interview, I was like, why are, I can't work for a software company? I don't, I don't, I was like, no, 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 no. You have exactly what we're looking for. You have the character, you have the care, you have the charisma. Uh, we'll train the other stuff. Like we're, nothing that I've ever done has prepared me for what I'm doing in business from an educational <laughs> standpoint. I mean, I, we all fall in this customer success because we, you know, we have different character traits that, that work. Um, and so she, I tell you all that to tell you this, she still works there today. Oh, wow. That's phenomenal. Who, who in a tech company is there for two decades, let alone four or five years, right? So, so, and, and, so, and I have stories like that throughout my career, that people that you know, still have relationships. With, so it's about the people. And sometimes, um, you know, you get the, and then uh, other metrics that I can give you, because I've lived them. In April of this year, um, I counted the last 22 new hires from November to, 20, to, to April. Uh, we had 22. 21 had zero customer success experience. So we had one person uh, out of that that had customer success experience. Now to say, I have been able to bring in some account managers, but in the time of COVID, I'll also say this because I'm very proud of this. We were able to take a lot of, not a lot, but let's say four to six individuals that would have been otherwise displaced uh, mm -hmm. out of the organization. So travel, entertainment positions, finance position, HR positions, especially recruiting uh, during COVID and move them into customer success. Hmm. All those individuals, uh, and I've actually spoke about this um, on, a, on a video on our website. I've had a, immense success, success, and other people will tell you this too, hiring from education, from healthcare, hmm. frontline individuals who, who have those muscles that have been developed, or how do I help serve this person? Because it's actually intrinsic. It's nothing you learn. Yeah. You just, you have this thing that you want to do. Um, and so you find the, the profession that allows you to do that. I started off as a high school teacher. Like, because I thought it was fun. I liked kids, you know, it was in a coach and, you know, mentor and all that. And so that's where I come from. And then that led me into technical training, which I learned about standing shadow, shadow, belly to belly with my customers and helping them drive value way before customer success came around. So they're late nineties. Um, and so you hire the people that, you know, I, I hired a guy and I had to fight my company, didn't have a college degree and I didn't care because he in his mid thirties. He had a family, he had been six, successful other places. But when I spoke with him, I thought I could walk down a dark alley with this guy and we'd race each other to pick up the broken bottle if we got into any, any fracas, right? So <laughs> I think about, I can work, I can, I can, we can train and we can mentor and we can coach and we can do those things, but it's about the character, about the individual that's going to come in um, and, and about building a team with, like that. Because when you're scaled, I scaled uh, in 18 months from, from 16 to 55, You've got to trust that you've hired the right people. You yeah. want them to be entrepreneurial. They want to have, even if it's not formal, they've got to have the zest that they can carry a bag, right? They can own a patch. Um, and then, and we haven't even really talked to the media conversation about commercial, but we'll get there. And so you, you've got to get those people that want to learn. They're curious. They're, they're finding ways to solve. And when you scale like that, you can't just look at, you know, a CS ops team, if you're lucky to have one of those or other people in your organization say, okay, now your process and your platform and your, pro your process, it, it, it just doesn't, doesn't scale like that. You need all hands on deck to say, hey, over here uh, at working with your, our enterprise customers, I see an opportunity 
for us to build something repeatable. Here's a framework for a QBR deck we can do. Here we can templatize uh, our onboarding um, messaging. Uh, here's how we can start to build customer journey maps and all that. So you have to have all hands on deck. And that does a lot of other things for your people too. It helps you develop their careers, give them different things to, to get excited about their job help develop things that they're interested in. Maybe you're preparing something to go into a marketing career or things like that. So I could talk all day long about people. Um, but we'll bring it back to your question. So comp plans. Um, so you can, you can do a whole bunch of things here. Um, but you ask lessons learned. Don't call it commission. Uh, don't call it, you can call it bonus. Um, I just like to say variable. Um, so, you come in with a base. Uh, most individuals that you bring into customer success or uh, customer experience aren't familiar with how that works. Um, and so you come in with a, of the base and then you can even move that up as you move in, you know, as people elevate in, in their seniority. Maybe for a junior, it's it's a higher base percentage than is a variable. Um, and then you know, as, a, as they move up, that, that kind of changes a little bit. Maybe you go from 90, 10 to 80, 20, 70, 30. Um, and then you, you, and you always have a concrete to, this is about performance metrics for, for you that show a larger picture. It's not about, you know, you can throw in, you can have a team related, you can have it sub team related. So department or team, um, you can have individual goals as well, but you want to make sure that you, first of all, every comp plan should fit on an index card. If not a matchbook, let's not make it complex and let's make it incentivize the behaviors that we're looking for. And there's a lot of different ways you can do that. So as, a, as one of my experiences, we moved into multiple products. So we had to do a lot of cross sell and upsell. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to put that into the comp plan itself because those things could change as my management from quarter of quarter made decisions. So what it did, I didn't like the name of it to begin with. And I never really called it this, but I called it, you know, objectives, quarterly objectives that we would spiff on, right? Like, yeah. a, so we're all familiar with that term. And so when individuals hit, you know, just individual attachments, they got a spiff. Mm -hmm. um, in customer success and in software, we generally uh, look at NRR. So mm -hmm. what is your net revenue on day one? And then what's it on day 90 at the end of the quarter? And if you have, you know, more than six accounts, you, you have a lot of room in there where you're going to say, okay, I, maybe I, maybe this customer took a hit, but I know I've got, you know, places to build here. Um, so you can do it that way. Uh, retention numbers. Um, but sometimes then you're just looking at logos and not really your whole, the whole value. Um, so that's how we, how we look at it in customer success. Um, some of the more exciting things that one of the mantras and I'll, I'll plug it here is customer success is not just for SaaS anymore. And so as we look at customer success principles, processes, uh, and profitabilities that can be driven to other organizations, you have much more flexibility in how those comp models are driven. Um, and so you can do them in, in different ways, but that's, that's kind of the, the penny on that. And let me also plug, you can comp uh, above and beyond your ops teams, which I've done. And so you have a CS ops team, they're there to serve the customer success function or as a revenue function. And so you simply just distill back down for them quarterly objectives that relate back to the teams they support. You have one team, you have maybe have two or three numbers. You have three teams, you can have three to six numbers. So, that might be so Jeff, you, you brought it up there. And, and of course, I got to jump on it because uh, I remember we were having that discussion in our one of our in our pre-interview, right? Which is um, that piece of that customer success is not just for SaaS anymore. Um, you know, having worked in SaaS myself and outside of SaaS, it's I, you know, it, it's so predominant, right? It's 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 every it's it's the part of its DNA. 
I'd love to get your take on, you know, for our, you know, for our listeners out there who are, you know, coming out of uh, other industries. I mean, we've got a lot of people that's in retail and, and you know, med tech and other different, every, all over the place, right? You know, where, how do you see that plugging in into an environment where sometimes, where you do have some industries, of course, who still have that, you know, nice reoccurring revenue, which would be like the licensing revenue from SaaS, but others who don't, right? Others who are, ta- are more product-based or uh, more, you know, single sale type-based environments, but uh, who do have to focus on the LTV for the, you know, return customer purchasing, et cetera. So I, I'd be curious just to get your take on it for them is just, you know, how do you see that applying uh, once you do step out of that SaaS environment? Sure. I, I think um, the first thing to keep kind of as a, as a constant, as we look at that, is that there's, there's that interlinked is customer success started because you don't want to lose customers. So it's based mm-hmm. around retention. Mm-hmm. Um, but any, anywhere that you have underserved customers, you have expansion, uh, let alone retention in it. And so I always want to think about, and we never know where, where our customers or our customers' customers are going. So the opportunity for additional product add-on or additional services always exists, even if we don't have it on the roadmap. So I want, always want to think about retention as well as additional opportunities up and cross the cross off. So I think about that. Take a big breath and I hope I don't wander off the reservation too far. But <laughs> when, when I say customer success is not just for SaaS anymore, if you serve a population, if you have a service or a product, if you are a nonprofit, your revenues come from somewhere, you have customers, you have a customer success motion already, whether it's bare bones, uh, whether it's identified or not, your customers have a journey whether it's you're letting them walk into the desert alone or you have divine points. So when people are coming to customer success or people that are already in customer success but have been, been SaaS their whole lives, customer journey maps can be built for any experience, anywhere along the line. Um, my, my VP put out a, a post today about Thanksgiving, about writing notes and, and being grateful and thankful. But these are things that should happen throughout formally throughout the, the relationship. And you build those into the, the travel and, and the customer's journey maps that you have with your customers. And so when it, from there, it's very easy. If, if I have a membership to a museum downtown, like the Dali Museum, then they should be, and they do, hit me up every month with a newsletter, with other things that are going on, with special spiffs, with come have coffee with the curator, those kinds of things. And I love that stuff. They, they could take my membership fee to wherever they want, and they will get it. Um, and so you're thinking about the nurturing relationship throughout the life cycle of, of the customer. So that's, that's, we all come from there. When there's a, a very well-known investor uh, who uh, once said, software will eat the world. Customer success will eat the world. And from that, I mean, subscription business will eat the world. So if you are, and I talk to these people every week, uh, a major manufacturer, um, if you are a social media company, but you're looking at doing a hardware product, um, you are linking everything into customers for life vis-a-vis a, a subscription-based reoccurring revenue model. Whether you call it a rewards program, a, a monthly subscription, an annual contract, a key tag to the gym, these are all customer success philosophies. And so if, if you, it, it, and so then there's no leap anymore. Well, yeah, customer success exists. It existed way back in, in the nineties when you started getting grocery cards so that your, you know, Kroger's and the A and P or whomever could track your market basket analysis, right? 
who who are the males that are buying beer and diapers on Fridays from 4.30 <laughs> to 7.30 p.m. And why can't we get them to pick up, uh, you know, Lay's potato chips? So yeah. we give them a coupon for it. So, you know, all, I mean, why does CVS give you the ticker tape, right? So all these things have already existed and they have for years and years. We just now are getting the formalized, you know, let, let's call it something. Let's invest in it. Let's professionalize it. Let's skill it, you know? And so those are the things that I think about. And so, you know, and I, and the beauty of this customer success thing is that I get to think about it for my customers because they're not there. I mean, you can go to Gartner or you can go to any industry mag in the world and they'll all say, where are you, where are you with customer success? And, and nobody wants to do it because it's a, either looks at the cost center or something I don't know or something. But if you don't, you won't exist anymore. So, you know, it, it, in this whole, you know, cut, product-led growth drives me nuts. Uh, customer-led growth is kind of getting there. Customer-led value growth is a whole nother thing. But let's just think about it as we have the relationship. And if you're just giving your significant other Christmas gifts on Christmas and flowers on Valentine's Day, you're doing it wrong. Um, you might want to look at getting back on the Bumble or something. So, you know, just you, you want to always be nurturing. Always, what do they say in, in, in your line? Always be selling. So ABC, always be, <laughs> be close reselling and, and reestablishing. And I, this is the other thing I tell my people. Every conversation is a renewal conversation. Yeah. The R word could never come up, but everything it, it, it's like first impression, the last impression, the last value that you were able to deliver from the last time they reached out or you reached out to them and delivered value, hopefully proactive value, right message, right time, right person without them having to ask, then that's, so they know where to go. They don't have to think about which well they're going to go dip back into. They just are walking a straight line to you. I love that, Jeff. I love that. I, I'll, I'll share with you always, as you were going through that, there was something you hit on, which is, you know, right. If you're only given, you know, you're given only uh, flowers on Valentine's Day, et cetera. May, immediately took my brain back to, uh, so when my wife and I got married, actually part of my vows to my wife was that we would never stop dating. And that's like a big thing in our household, right? Is that we just, I, I told, so and I, I think you know this, and I, you know, I tell us shares with a lot of people is that I live two lives, right? I live in uh, our headquarters in Knoxville, Tennessee, and then our call center is down in Tijuana, Mexico. And so I jokingly tell people, they're like, man, how do you do that? I'm like, well, when I'm in Knoxville, I'm home with the wife and kids. And when I'm in Tijuana, I'm gone with the girlfriend. It just happens to be the same girl. <laughs> exactly. So it's, uh, it works out great, but it's, uh, you know, you're absolutely right. You have to keep nurturing that, right? Even in our personal lives, it, it is a direct reflection, right? Even in the business world, it is, it's still personal. And I think that's what people miss so much is that it's, it's like they, we put these weird names to people, right? It's like customer and brand or customer and it's, no, it's, it's two people. It's you and I having discussions and spending time together, right? And, you know, and, and, and sometimes it's great and other times it's not. And it just really depends on how, you know, what you're doing to invest into that relationship. Exactly. And I, so there are two things that come up um, a couple weeks or maybe not a month ago, I wrote a piece and posted them to LinkedIn about human led growth. Like mm -hmm. why, you know, internal, external, my team, my customers, my customer's customer. It's all about what that person wants. And so when you think about, when we go into a pre-sales engagement, these are the challenges they're having. I'm like, well, those are the challenges at really high level. But, you know, Sally in the server room in, in Topeka really wants the next promotion. Mm -hmm. And Harry in Georgia wants this platform to be selected so that he can use it for a different pet project. Like, so... Yeah, at the high level, they want these, and we'll hit those metrics and whatever, but you have to also, every seat at the table has different desires 
for why you're in the room and why you might win or might lose and and what the value is for the lifetime of the relationship so absolutely think about every single person that exists and, and what they want the value for and 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 so you you have to think in that mentality and and that is and that's i mean you you crush it that's exactly it it's it's it, we have all these monikers and so i was like through the product-led growth the customer-led growth the value-led growth it's about people and if they're not getting what they want they're going to go somewhere else so most definitely so Jeff, you know, thinking through that, right? I mean, where my brain immediately started then taking me down this path of, as we were talking through this is, you know, and I think, you know, you're similar with me on this too, is it's just, you know, I'm old school, right? I mean, even, even in my sales methodologies and how I do retention is I'm, I'm as old school as you get. I, someone says, you know, jump, I get on a plane in, the, in the two seconds, right? I mean, it's just like, okay, I'm there. We're going to dinner. We're going to spend all night together. And then I'll send you back to your family. And you're going to love me for another year. Um, and I keep doing that, but I'm there all the time, right? In this world of COVID, and of course, what we just lived through in the last two years, I mean, you know, customer success went through a, a, a very interesting world. I mean, because truly, I mean, you guys were the, I mean, you guys were the road warriors, road warriors on many occasions, right? I mean, there was uh, many times where, I mean, especially the enterprise guys, who I'm most speaking of, that's especially the world I come from. Um, you know, I'd always see my customer success group, you know, gurus out there meeting with customers and such. How has that transference been as you've seen it as far as like being more virtual? I know a lot of teams were virtual, but, you know, have you seen, especially on the enterprise side, uh, any impacts or people who are still struggling with that change now, of, you know, being more virtual, not being face-to-face, belly-to-belly with their customers uh, as, as frequency as, as they used to be? Yeah, and I, and I see it. I see the pain, not um, actually so much for the customer. Mm-hmm. I see it from individuals who have been, um, who, who have been on the, the service, the service providing side. And I don't mean services. I just mean, if you, if you sell a product, if you're in the sales cycle at any point, um, I see individuals struggling there because they're not able to rely on the same relationship tools they've always had enterprise and in their office all the time. We have a kickoff. It, we didn't even training at scale virtually like that blows up your mind. <laughs> Um, not going to conferences, you know, it's, it's this uh, long-term relationships don't do well in long distance scenarios, right? So go, we're, we're always, I'm always going back to these relationship kind of, kind of analogies. So I've seen individuals that have a hard time um, picking up on the other tools that are out there uh, like video, um, you know, and, and, you know, just zoom fatigue and, and ca- cashing out. And like, I always have my camera on. I'm always in, in, you know, whatever. And so you don't have to think you're going to a set of a, you know, to film a movie every day. You just need to show up. And so, and so that's the, really the elementary things. And if you have a dog in the background or the delivery guy, or you got your kids, like, I love that stuff, man. Now we get to, we all in the same boat. They're all in the same mix. We're all doing that. But there, so if, but if you just look at the advent of all the tools and you can start from, you know, performance management software, like all the call recording, video recording platforms out there that have that are doing great stuff with metrics and, and analysis at volume and all that. Like a lot of people's eyes opened up like, well, I didn't really need that much horsepower. But now that I know you do all these call analytics, wow, I, you know, this is great. Um, the, you know, TikTok, Vidyard, you know, all the stuff that you can be personal with. Um, I posted a LinkedIn last week. I, I jumped into a pool of 60 degrees to wake up, you know, my internal stakeholders and customers and say, Hey, I'm excited about this meeting. Um, you know, I, and do, you know, use the tools that are there. And I see a lot of people, you know, it's just not, 
that apprehend, not, I don't know what the apprehension is, but just you got to get in there. And so now if you look at all of the industry uh, analysts and, and all the research coming out, it's like customers are now looking for you to come to them with more digital engagement, more people telling your story rather than you. So much, much less of I'm the salesperson, I'm the almighty that will tell you how we're going to do this and what the messaging is. They're looking, you know, looking at G2, they're looking at Tiva, they're looking at crowdsource uh, information to say, and, and, and it, of course, we all know it skews to a higher percentages of that, that desire, that need, and that um, comfortability with that. And, and the conviction that those are good sources, the lower you go in, in the age demos. So, and the higher tech companies. So, you, you know, a, a, someone who has a seat at the table of a, you know, a high flying uh, SaaS company uh, could be in a different, much different demo than, you know, somebody that you've been working with in manufacturing for a long time. So, and they're, they're, expectations of how you're going to deliver information in your story to them are drastically different. Um, and if you're not able to, to, you know, to grow into that and, and understand and go there, then you're going to have, you're going to have a lot of pain and it's going to be internal. Um, and so that's the struggle I've seen. I've seen the most. So, so Jeff, I mean, as companies look at this and as, you know, and I, and I agree with your statement too, right, is that I, I think customer success is definitely not just a, a SaaS thing anymore. And I, and I think we're seeing it and I think we're seeing the growth of it um, definitely in certain markets who have had issues that, as you said, it was already there, but they're starting to recognize it. And, and I definitely, I mean, we're seeing this, you know, specifically, I'm thinking specifically into the pharma industry, which is an industry I work with a lot. You know, I'm seeing it very much become apparent that the farm industry is grasping hold of this as like, we need to be much more focused on this. Um, you know, especially when you got their own sales reps who are not even allowed to go see their customers anymore, anymore at all. I mean, you know, being a farmer rep was hard enough because you got to go sit in a lobby for a day, right? Just to see one guy for like 20, 10 minutes. Now you're basically just hoping and praying he'll take a call from you for like 30 seconds, right? So, um, you know, these guys are, you know, these, these poor people are just going through hell and back right now. But, you know, I'm seeing this and I, I've been hearing this is just now you're starting to hear the dynamical change, right? Which is, you know, the farmer rep being salesy and, you know, giving out just free samples and such, which is a customer success method stepping and methodology to think through it a little bit. But you're noticing they're taking more purposeful actions to it. They're thinking through that, yeah. you know, patient journey, the doctor journey, yeah. et cetera, and, and really understanding the journey mapping on it. So, so here's here's the thing um, that the, so that's the problem where yeah. customer success has been moving with the solution for a long time, and, and and I saw it in professional services a long time ago. Before that, is that if you lead with what your customers can care about before your own crap you will help them, you will win, you will be great with them. And so um, if you, the more customers are also expecting you to know more about their vertical, more to know about comp intel, more about product road mapping than ever before. So it's much less about, here's all the messaging I'm bringing from my company. And here's all the messaging that I'm going to proactively give to you individualized at scale information that you might not even know you need. Oh, you're J&J. I just saw this little piece come out about how you guys are uh, like a lot of big companies, you know, splitting off into different you know, line of business and business units. And so I saw that on a Friday, send that to my farmer. Hey, have you seen this? This is interesting. Well, that, I mean, it's Heckler plays a different game. 
Heckler's thinking about me on Friday morning when he's having coffee at 8.30, sitting on a couch, and sent me this piece. Like, this guy, eh, but, you know, he's keeping me up to date. So you got to think about, hey, competitors like you in your marketplace, I just heard this. Does this, does this resonate and make sense to you? Um, and so what your feedback is. And so going up the chain in, in those conversations. And so if you're not on a plane, if you're not driving to 16 different doctors in a week, you got some time on your hands. So use that to your advantage and make that your differentiator. Hey, I'm going to use what seems, you know, I can't knock on your door. We can't go grab a, you know, coffee and a bagel. Well, I can give you, I can help serve you in different ways and, and the ways that you're consuming data and apps as well online in, you know, asynchronous um, methodology. So, so those are the things I'm seeing more and more in the place. And that's, you know, again, all about relationship. Like I'm, I'm looking out for you and the road ahead before you know that there there's trouble spots and it's all about driving value. I love it. I love it. So Jeff, for, you know, for those companies who are bought in and they're like, you know what? Yeah, I agree. I agree with this, this Jeff guy. I'm going to, I'm going to do this thing. What are some of the key pieces that you would probably suggest that, you know, where, where should they be starting? Where should they, you know, as they're getting, you know, as they're going to get this motions beginning, you know, who are not in the SaaS space and, you know, because you know, the SaaS, like I mentioned, I think it's, it's really part of the DNA, right? You know, outside of that space, I mean, where should these companies be uh, starting? Where should they be looking? Kind of what are some of the suggestions you might have as, as they want to start looking at, you know, doing this seriously? Sure. Uh, the first thing is it's got to come from the highest of, of the high. So it's got to come from your C-suite. The, they don't have to have the answer, the methodology or, or, or you know, all the right answers uh, or even talking points. But the fact that they're looking to invest, you know, we're currently uh, in looking at a way and talking about talking to a number of industry leaders, uh, both in research and in the market to advise us on opportunities that we could help nurture our current customer base. Um, that that C-suite could also say to their employees, when we hit COVID, it went from top of funnel and acquisition you know, in any market and everyone concentrated on, oh my gosh, let's make sure our, our current, all this people woke up. Oh yeah. yeah our current customers. So <laughs> let's ratchet them down and say to your, your company and your people on the front lines, you guys have done a masterful job. We went remote in, in 24, 48 hours. We did these things for our customers. You know, these are the quotes. These are the sound bites. This is the feedback word for word from customers that we have received. So very qualitative data the match the quantitative. These are the stories wrapped around the data to, that go along with what all of you on the line have been doing. We are taking a serious look at this and we've, we're investing early on. If they have nothing, we're investing on what we can do to further enrich our customer experience and the customer uh, life cycle for customers for life while also uh, supporting all the efforts that every single one of our ICs and all of our customer facing teams are doing. You would blow the room up. It would be a fantastic day. And so then you think about, okay, if, if we're in this, do we have a chief customer officer? And we talk about all the rise of the chief customer officer in many industries and why um, it, does that exist? Doesn't mean you have to do it, but just start to think about how visible and then backing it up with where is the customer in my company? Does it just sit with sales and support or sales? And where does the customer sit? Where do they go for help? Where, how are they supported? How are we looking out for them? How do we formalize it? Is it a VP position? Do, or again, do we have not? So let's think about that. And then let's start to think about a, a, you know, a mentality first and then a methodology second about how are we going to support this? How are we going to roll it in? Are we going to hire from the outside? Are we going to source this from inside? Are we going to promote from within? What does a customer supporting agent uh, organization 
an agency for our customers look like? Do we have a voice of customer program? Do we have a customer advisory board? Um, this, there's a new thing rattling in my brain that I haven't come up with a term for, but in the, in the, the old newspaper days, you have a ombudsman, right? And this person just sat there and said, I have no affiliations to customers or company or readership or those agencies paying our you know, advertising dollars. I just want to tell you what you're doing well, and what you're doing in wrong. And so I think if we could get something like that, that sets in and, you know, kind of like deal desk, but on steroids and somebody that sat in there and said, Hey, this is what's working for us. And so we're not, and so we're, you know, we're dropping off, then that would supply a lot of value. And, and I think any customer, um, sorry, any um, executive would want to have somebody sitting next to them saying, you know, all those customers and how we make our revenue, like, you know, this is what they're saying about us, looking out in the social, looking out in the, the other survey platforms and research uh, indexes and, and saying, you know, this is the feedback about us from third parties. We should take a look at this. And so that would be the, the start of and socialize and, you know, and let everyone know this is what we're doing because this is our lifeblood. So we, we live and die by our customers. And now we're going to put some some money where our mouth is on it. I love it, Joe. I love it. So, um, you know, as we, you know, as, you know, thinking through this now, then, I mean, for, for those, for our, for our group out there who are in customer success leadership and who are doing this day to day, um, you know, and who are already in the weeds on this thing, you know, what I always like to make sure we give them some practical takeaways from these uh, shows. So, you know, for those groups there, I mean, what are probably, what are three things that these guys can take and literally action tomorrow and start improving their environment that they're in today? Sure. Um, the, the first thing that I would I would like to say is, uh, and this is something that I hear rattling around a little bit, um, and I've been asked in other places, the first thing I, I just wanted to say is, with the advent of customer success at scale, and a lot of people want to call this digital customer success, um, I think about it enablement channels. And so customer success operations, providing enablement channels to allow the scale to serve an entire customer base. Uh, I have a lot of experience with this. I did this uh, going from 3% of our customer base, which is 3,000 customers, to 100% and over 100,000 customers. That is will never replace a customer success manager, a customer success function on a face-to-face, one-to-one relationship with the customers. It's there to, to, to augment, to automate a lot of the tedious tasks that already exist, and to build out IP at scale. And so that's where that all exists. And then that allows customer success managers to level up their game. And to be at a very high, a much higher strategic, so they can do all the things we've discussed here, on uh, focusing on business advisory, market uh, understanding, uh, market research, driving up into the relationships and be and elevating. That's the only way we as customer success get to that CCO position in every company everywhere. So consistently thinking about, I don't need to serve uh, on this level. I'm serving at this level. My my conversations occur at a much higher level. So even if there's not a director or VP in my title, I get invited to those rooms because I'm driving value, revenues, and commercial responsibilities for my customers and my company. That is set aside. One thing I, I tell customer success leaders as they look at their organizations and they look for your populations of underserved customers. We all have them. They all exist. Look at where the customer journey needs to be beefed up for your customers. That will immediately point you to revenue and expansion opportunities whether it's churn and retention, and this all comes at low cost, um, whether it's churn and retention or whether it's straight expansion. And that's also by building advocacy and referral programs. Underserved populations are where you wanna go with attention, whether that's a, a nurturing with CS ops and what I like to call customer success marketing, but we'll find a better term because marketing people wanna take those positions. So into their own work. So CS owned and operated marketing 
will allow you to build out touch points at scale, low cost, high, high value to customers to nurture them across, along their life cycle. Then when they hit a, a event driven, not time driven, but event driven uh, periods in their customer success uh, maturation and, and customer life cycle, that point to, ah, this is now a cust- this is now an expansion opportunity. They're utilizing 80 plus percent of our platform. Um, they have monthly average users over 80%. And then we trigger a live from a pooled CS model. Hey, uh, I see that you're bumping your head up against our features. Do you know about our next plan? Do you know about these other additional products? Do you know about these this use case that we've driven with another company? And so you, you drive value that way. So that would be, you know, I'm always thinking the only way that you get more time, airtime, is by buying it. And the way that you buy it is by giving revenues back to your company. So that I'll get off the commercial responsibility and return for a moment. Um, advocating. And so whether your advocacy is formal customer access, uh, I'm sorry, um, customer advisory boards or voice of customers, if you have a, any way that you record uh, your customers, whether it's surveys or whether it's community or whether it's a Facebook group or, or if you have formal channels where they can input text, taking those or you have a recording, so you have video and, and, uh, and audio, you take those and attach those to your leading metrics. So our churn went from here to here, or our retention is going from here to here, um, our expansion are going from here to here, or we see an underserved population here, show the metrics, but then come in with storytelling. Um, you know, the metrics are, are the, the cerebral makes logic, yeah, it's logical sense, that's the data. Uh, the storytelling is emotional and folks emotion it make it, it compels individuals to make decisions. So when you show those numbers at scale and, and the conviction behind a voice, then you can you can start to source your your change and your change management. Um, and the other thing I would say is get up uh, upstream um, in your company's lifecycle uh, sales. So whether you have a CRM or you're lucky enough to have a, a customer success platform, how are you moving the pre-sales information data, reasons to be, uh, proof points, use cases, challenges, wins, uh, uh, objections into your customer success uh, lifecycle. How are you engaged in the, in the, in the pre-sales level? Do you have a deal desk of any sort? Um, how are you able to show value to your customers and your company before the deal gets closed so that when you come in, you know, here are our top three reasons to be, here's where the customer is going to get first time to value. So they really uh, understand how we can help them go live. You know, they've made an investment with us. Let's make an investment with them. Let's partner with sales. Let's partner with marketing. Let's get a high, higher up in the in the funnel uh, so that we can really drive value. So those are the three three things that I would emphasize most. Such strong points. Such such strong points, Jeff. Those are fantastic. Um, and definitely couldn't agree with you more. And, and then that that last one is something I know I personally just having lived through this as well, right? It's just that's the part that is is so critical is making sure that you know, the, the CS team is working directly hand in hand and helping give that bridge, right, to get that, you know, that steady implementation. That's, that's fantastic. I appreciate those takeaways. And I know our, I know the audience will be definitely uh, thankful for those two as well. So Jeff, um, if people have questions or want to learn more about you or just uh, find you anywhere, where are you at? Where, how can the people get a hold of you? Uh, LinkedIn, one-stop shop. That's uh, where I, I share everything and, uh, and, and do all my post writings and things like that. Um, I will also tell you that our market source website in, in 90 days uh, completely revamped um, on December 14th. Uh, there will be a very verbose uh, 2,600-word uh, blog post by, by myself there. There are a bunch of videos and things like that. Um, 
but really, um, and they're all the great, let me just stop for a moment. There, this CS community that we have, one thing COVID did for everyone uh, is to share, to grow, to, to um, provide, to deliver. And so that people that have to spend six to nine months sitting their head on an issue, they can, you know, listen to a pod or, uh, you know, get into a, a meeting with people and ask some Q and A. Um, and learn a lot quicker and not have to make the same mistakes. So that's great. Um, and there's things like you're doing. And now, you know, you are uh, a sales leader and, and way ahead of the game and, and how you see CX combining with sales, combining with customer success, and how do we drive value from the moment uh, someone learns about us all the way through the existence of customer for life. Um, and it's, you know, the proof is in your pudding. So thank you to you. And, and uh, this is just some of the fun stuff we get to do. This might be the most fun part of my day here. Professional. <laughs> I appreciate that, Jeff. And no, man, this is great. I, I mean, I know, you know, it's, it's just what it's all about. You know, you said something and in, in, in when we were going through it, it's actually my favorite word, right? As I tell everyone, I have a favorite four-letter word, it's help, right? And I said the difference between hell and help is simply just put, adding a P and seven L. And it's important to remember that because that difference is what changes everything between having a job that is living in hell and actually giving help where you can actually live where you want to live every day. So, and, and that's new to me, but if I can say that that P stands for people, then we're all good. That I agree with you, man. And I can, and I got other pieces I can put on there, but I agree with you. And I like that. I didn't even think about the P for people. I will definitely be stealing that from you. <laughs> so, uh, Jeff, man, thanks again for so much insight, man. Thanks for all the great knowledge you've been able to drop on us here on CX Speaks. Uh, we look forward to this. I'll make, uh, guys, his link to his website, link to Jeff will all be in his, uh, will be down below in the description. Uh, so if you want to get a hold of Jeff, I would encourage you to do so. Follow him on uh, LinkedIn. Make sure you check out his organization and, you know, do definitely keep an eye on him. He's got some great information he's always sharing on LinkedIn. Uh, definitely there to help you guys and all the customer success and customer experience. Thank you guys so much for uh, listening today. We're excited to have you back for another episode. We have some amazing guests coming on uh, very here soon. Uh, so thank you guys and appreciate you. This is Michael McMillan. We'll talk to you soon. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of CX Speaks. Remember, new episodes are dropping on the 1st and 15th of every month. So make sure you're subscribed on our podcast and on our YouTube page so you don't miss a single episode to help continue to drive your customer experience forward. Also, in between, you can visit us at cxspeaks.com, where you're going to find additional videos, tips, tricks from all the leaders that we are interviewing and our host himself, Michael McMillan. Thank you so much, and we can't wait to have you back for another episode.